gracious good afternoon from the streets of Gay Perry. How you doing, Leslie? Doing well today, Pam. How about you? Oh, hanging in there. It's, it's a, been a cloudy day, and uh, I got sidelined at a quarter to three. Gammy, you have to take me to Target. <laughs> okay, what do we have to get at Target? Well, we have to get a toy. Well, we have to get more than one toy, actually. we got to get a few toys. <laughs> <laughs> I like a woman who knows what she wants. Oh, please, please. This morning I got, um, she was laying on the, oh, she was watching some cartoon in the living room. And she had a, her, her crayons and stuff out and she's drawing on it. And uh, my dog goes over and lays next to her and she goes, Gammy, could you please move Walter? I said, Walter's not bothering you. But he might, <laughs> and she, I said, but he's sleeping. No! He might, he might wake up. I don't want him to lick me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's too funny. Yes, it's too is, funny. That is the start of my day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I, you know, I was uh, pulled into a last minute project right before I came over here. So I, I was a little uh, rushing around trying to get to everything. But um, I was happy that we did some prep earlier this past weekend so <laughs> we're ready to go uh, hi Joni hi Diana and welcome 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 so good to see you uh, and it is Wednesday thank god it's hump day so we have a few announcements yes we do as you know Gabriel's uh, series podcast will be on with Renata from uh, SR Fans Brazil on uh, July 1st and they are changing their time to 6 p.m. so please take note of that time so you can uh, get into it. Um, Trilogia de Gabriel is on, on Saturdays at 3 p.m. that's Mexico time and Noites Influencia is on a bit of a break right now and very gladly SR is writing a novel now for Gabriel 4 as opposed to a novella so we'll get more of the Emersons and my dear Richard. <laughs> as long as they're on the back porch discussing life, that would be great. So then we have uh, more. There's a big announcement coming on July 10th, which is going to be very exciting. Um, SR's not saying much about it, but we know it's a big one. And uh, so make sure you're in here on the SR's Fox Den as well as signed up for his newsletter at www.sylvainreynard.com. And as far as our group goes, we have a really huge announcement. We have a special guest on our podcast July 11th at 5 p.m. And that will be the boss himself, SR. So excited. We are so thrilled. We are so thrilled that he's coming a day after the news breaks, and That's I can't right. wait to hear what the news is, and then we can talk to him all about the announcement and what it means for him and what it means for his projects, and I cannot wait to hear what I it is. I, 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 it could be anything. It could be the announcement of the, the publication date for Gabriel 4. Uh, you know, I, it could be anything. 
but I'm, I'm, you know I'm what I'm hoping for. for. Yeah, you I, know what I'm yeah, hoping I for. Know, I know what you're hoping for. You're hoping <laughs> for either a film or a series version of the Gabriel series. That's right. Yes. That's right. That's what I, I want. I think everybody wants that. Everybody wants that. And, uh, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun to find out what it is. He's also going to be having a chat in the uh, Fox's Den on the uh, 10th. I think it's at 7 p.m. East New York time. So that'll be exciting as well. Um, oh. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Now, we should also mention, and uh, it, I think we've mentioned it last week, but we do want to remind people next Wednesday is actually the 4th of July, which is a holiday in the United States. And we will not be podcasting that day. So I just want to remind people, and it's hard for me personally to wrap my brain around the fact that it's going to be July 4th in a week. I don't know about you, Pam, <laughs> but I feel, I feel like it's still early June or late May. I'm not in... I'm not uh, in midsummer mode yet. Yeah, neither am I. Neither am I. And I have to. I have to lift. My my mother's brother uh, always used to say, as soon as the Fourth of July would hit, the summer was over. Mm -hmm. and for me, it was always just starting, but for him, it was over. So. <laughs> and also, we want to shout, give a shout out to our Canadian friends. Uh, July first is Canada Day, so that's very exciting. And, uh, all kinds of exciting news. I, I like having the happy news to counter all the other crazy news that's going on around us. That's very true. That's very true. And I'm, I, I, I refuse to go there today. I don't want to blow my, my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you have some other happy news coming because not only that, two weeks from now is an epic week for you, my friend. Yes. Because not only do we have the SR News and then SR himself is joining us on the podcast, but then two days after that, you are going to be in the presence of our other boss, the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce on Broadway. I'm very excited about that. I know. I mean, I just put that together that all of that is happening for you in one week. Yep. Yep. It's, it's kind of remarkable. Kind of remarkable is right. Oh my goodness! I'm very excited too, <laughs> and I'm I'm excited about our chapter, and I'm so glad I'm so glad that Joni and Diana have joined us. I know things can get a little hectic um, since this is the middle of the week and late in the month, and I'm just really appreciative that uh, you ladies are able to join us. And Joni says, the other boss, LOL, very fun. <laughs> well, yes. You know, he, and, you know he, he puts on such a show. I mean, I've seen him a few times in concert. And I, I saw him back in the 70s in a smaller venue. And just and I also saw him at the bottom line in New York. He jumped on stage with uh, Nils Lofgren one time. Oh, cool. And, yeah, he's, he is such a dynamic performer. He really is. And to be very honest with you, as much as I love music and I love going to concert, the only other concert that I can equate to anything like his would be Frank Sinatra. I got to see him once in he when he was in his 60s, and his daughter Nancy had just had a baby, and the, the crazy fans were walk, running up with baby gifts and bottles of Jack Daniels or whatever he drank at that point. It was hysterical. 
but there's a level of there's a performance level that Frank did and, and what Bruce does and mm-hmm. how it builds from there where a lot of concerts end at the level where they start so it should be exciting it should be exciting I'm very I'm very excited for you very very excited for you well you're going on your 50 plus 50 50 for 50 group, uh, you know, this is true this is true I, I Joni and Diana uh, since you're on live you'll get to hear um, I think I've referenced this before my friends and I are on this quest to visit all 50 states in the United States before we turn 50 and we have already visited 31 and I'm going to the west and northwest um, I leave Saturday, actually, uh, which is not not today, not tomorrow, not the next day, but the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are actually going to cover uh, many, many miles, thousands of miles in uh, a little over two weeks. We're heading from Denver, Colorado to Utah to we're going to see Yellowstone, going to Idaho, Montana, um, Washington State. Oregon, and we're actually flying from Seattle up to Alaska. So when we're doing the podcast with SR, I will actually be podcasting from Anchorage, Alaska, which will be quite exciting. That is cool. Yeah, I'm very, very excited about that. And I'm also hoping, beyond hope, uh, that I may be able to to meet up and uh, see uh, Jennifer Locklear if possible, since she's in Oregon. So we shall nice. see. Yeah. It would be nice. It would be nice. She's such a great spirit and a lovely, lovely person. And I love her writing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Joni says, so cool. It, it's, it's very exciting. I'm, I can't believe I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I am. So it'll be good. Um, so that brings us to the beginning of our chapter. Um, I cannot believe we're already to chapter 16. Uh, when we last ended our podcast, Acacia had a terrible fright and actually uh, had been attacked and jumped on her motorcycle and escaped um, much to her um, shock and surprise, Rick had been on the scene and helped to intervene to allow her to escape. So it was a very, very dramatic ending to that chapter. And we begin chapter 16. Uh, we see that uh, she's parked her motorcycle in front of her building and runs up the stairs into her apartment, locking the door. Her phone's ringing. She ignored it. She just needed to get inside her apartment to feel safe. Her heart was pounding. No one had followed her, um, but she also noticed that there was no surveillance car outside, so she had no protection around her. Um, you know, as you, as you recall, it appeared uh, she didn't notice the uh, BRB car that normally had been watching her coming out of the hotel. So. Um, she's feeling very vulnerable right now. Of course, Claude comes to comfort her. He came over, started rubbing his head against her leg. She kissed his head as she pulled him into her lap. And that helps to calm 
are down is cats are known to lower blood pressure when you pet them. It's uh, often why it's not just cats. I think there's dogs too. too. There are therapy dogs um, and pets that uh, really help people who are um, in distress or who are fighting illness. I actually worked with an attorney who had a lovely pet therapy dog. Um, Tootie, I believe was her name. And Tootie was the talk of the town. She was a sweet, sweet soul and was a big hit over at the Children's Hospital um, at Penn State Hershey Medical Center. So um, Claude was doing his best to calm down his distressed owner, Acacia, and her phone kept ringing, so she decided to answer it. Um, Hello, as she speaks into the phone. She heard movement on the other end and then a very low voice asking or stating that Rick called, where are you? I can just hear, I can just hear that voice. <laughs> Rick called, where are you? <laughs> exactly. And can you imagine, I mean, she was already worked up and frightened before. And then to have him uh, be the voice... I'm sure she was expecting it to be maybe Luke or some, some other person calling her. And I think uh, that voice was not the voice she expected to hear. She was very startled, asked, how she, asked him how he got her number. And he more or less was like, well, you gave it to me. <laughs> it was on your CV when you were interviewing with me. Um, and he asked if she was hurt and she said no and he was Nicholas was very very happy to hear that she was not injured Um, he though as happy as he was to hear that she wasn't hurt he was very very frustrated and annoyed um, with Rick and more or less said that he failed um, he should never have let them get that close to you. Um, but of course, uh, Rick also said that Acacia had handled herself quite well. Um, and Acacia, you know, immediately was put on the defense and was asking, why is Rick watching me? Um, Nicholas had told her that the BRB had pulled their surveillance and Acacia wanted to know why. No one had told her, and of course, uh, Nicholas said uh, probably because the person was paid off, and you should know why, Acacia. Think about it. I really know. Yeah, put two and two together, you're a bright woman. Um, But I'm sure, you know, she's so startled by the whole thing. I'm sure her, you know, it's taking her some time to absorb all of this all of this stuff. So, you know, her suspicion is still pretty high with Nicholas as well. And she, she came out point blank and asked him if he had set this up, was this a game? And um, this is one of my favorite quotes from the book, actually. I'm not a thug, mademoiselle. (laughs) Nicholas snapped. (laughs) Well, you know, but but think about, 
about it. She thinks that way. I mean, it's right. Well, you know? and he, you know, he he did all these ridiculous tests at the Hotel Victoire mm-hmm. when she knew him as Pierre Breckman. Like, you know, she doesn't feel like she can trust him, and I don't blame her. I don't blame her. She's going by what she, you know, what she knows and what she feels. So, but still, I love that. I am not a thug, mademoiselle. Um, Acacia put the clod on the floor, made sure her doors were locked, and she looked at the peephole to make sure no one was hanging out in the hall. And the hall was empty, thankfully. And she just thanked Nicholas simply for calling. Um, and she was ready to completely hang up. Um, but she had footsteps stop on the other end of the call, and he asked her to wait. Uh, it's so, you know, dramatic, because you, yeah. you have to know, like, what else is going on. You know, he's, he's already frustrated with her because she thinks he's tried, he tried to set this up, um, even though he had just called to ask to make sure she was okay. Um, so who knows what to think at this point. I know, I know. So she heard all these muffled sounds, like somebody almost had their hand over the phone. You know, like sometimes if you've got to yell at somebody in your house, like a child <laughs> or a spouse. <laughs> what, would th- what would that be like? <laughs> but no. Um, and you put your hand over the, you know, where you you'd normally speak. In the old days, it was the receiver, and now it's like this little button down at the bottom of your phone. And, uh, you know, so she's hearing all these noises in the background and uh, Nicholas came back and said that she wasn't safe. The man that attacked her could have followed her and that Rick was on, the, on his way to her house. Um, she looked through the viewer again, but she, you know, and asked if they would come after her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, uh, it's a good possibility that that could happen. Um, that you know, it, you know the way the, the attackers surprised her and everything. Um, but Nicholas wasn't surprised about it. Cassius right. surprised that the guard had told them, and which I'm glad she's thinking like that—that that she feel, feels that the guard maybe had told the, the attacker. But at the same time, I don't think she fully believes it. So right. Nicholas is telling her that yeah, that's what happened, but that you know. You're going to have to leave Paris. Right. And, right. You know, you know <laughs> Rick, Rick would escort her to the airport and all that kind of stuff. And uh, that, you know, the other thing is, too, is that the attacker had a gun, according to Rick. Now, I think that really got to her. And uh, right. she had mentioned that she had spoken to the security guard so she could park the motorcycle behind the dumpster even though it was against the rules. And uh, mm-hmm. and know, right there, know. that should be the red flag right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then uh, Nicholas told her that when Rick would come, he would escort her to the airport and take her to Geneva and that she'd be safe there. And Acacia asked what happened to Marcel. And he said the security guard had told someone that he was off duty. Nicholas wasn't sure. Now, you had asked uh, Asar about Geneva, didn't you? Yes, I did. I did. Um, I, I, I said at this point in the story, why did you select Geneva as a place Nicholas selected to keep her safe? 
And SR um, responded by saying, Geneva is very beautiful. And it seemed the place for a quiet retreat. He could imagine Nicholas's family hailing from Geneva. And also the Bodmore Museum is there. And he based uh, Nicholas's family's gallery on that museum. And SR actually sent us a link to the museum, which we... I was going to say, which I think I think Pam was going to post today or after the podcast. So he also mentioned, by the way, that the foundation owns the famous portrait of Dante by Botticelli. So again, everything SR ties everything together in such a nice bow. <laughs> and the Renaissance art, yes. Yes, yes, yes. All roads lead to the Renaissance. That's right. So she. <laughs> Uh, she said that if you know she wasn't at work tonight, she'd probably lose her job, which and which meant, would mean that she would also lose her work permit. And that ought to be a horrible dilemma to be put into when you think about it. You know, we're citizens in this country, and, and if we lose our job, we lose our job, and hopefully we'll find something very quickly. And you know, there's the safety net of unemployment, but she's you know. She's not a citizen of France, and if she loses her job, she's going to lose her work permit, which means she's going to be, you know, sent sent out of France. Um, but Nicholas said he could try to give, you know, have security with her at the hotel, but they would, but Monsieur um, Roy would probably ban the security person from the hotel and kick him out. So, you know, he he wasn't sure he could actually protect her. Um, and she was underestimated uh, in the morning uh, about the the um, motorcycle and stuff. So she wasn't about to second guess him on that. And uh, which, hey, you know, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, after at this by this point, I mean, yeah. it's really, really tough. She's in a tough spot. I don't. She's I don't really envy tough. her at all. So uh, uh, Cassie was was very. You know, she was concerned and wondering why he was going to try to help her. And he told her that he didn't want his blood on her hands, which I thought was an interesting mm-hmm. um, I did. She, I agree with you. That was, that was, that was powerful. Yeah. And, and, I, and powerful and almost palpable. Like, mm-hmm. you really get the sense that he is driven by what happened to, to his sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he wants to protect her so much. Yes. So that that doesn't happen. So, um, she said uh, she thought. Then she started thinking about what happened with Riva Kusserer, and she heard Nicholas pacing back and forth. And Nicholas had told her that the hotel was not safe. That they they'd probably seen Rick, and would put him together with Pierre Breckman, so that whoever was looking for her was going to be coming after him. And quite frankly, he didn't want to be found. Um, uh, she was wondering if they think they will come after him and Nicholson's basically I was not sure but if she quits then they may wash their hands of her and she knew because she had it that they probably wanted the journal and probably there was a security camera focused on the concierge desk and they kind of knew that she had the journal which is really interesting if you think about it. Like, how many people at that hotel were involved in illicit activity? Exactly, exactly. When you think about it, you've got the, the concierge, probably uh, Monsieur Roy. Monsieur Roy, yes. And, you know, 
them <coughs> behind the behind the check-in counter too. You don't know. Right, and then and then security, because they got paid off to you know not pay attention when they were going to jump uh, Acacia, and they probably were paid off. Sure, they were all probably all paid off real well. So they, um, he then cleared his throat, or he then heard this noise, a meow. And Nicholas says, What is that? And she told him it was her cat. And he said to himself, Probably very exasperated when he said it, she has a cat. Of course, she does. I know people that aren't cat lovers or cat people. That is a comment that they would make. So. I also thought. Yeah. You're, I think we kind of lost you there a little bit. Leslie? All right. Leslie! Uh-oh, we lost Leslie uh, a little bit. <laughs> so, see, see, see. <laughs> are you back yet? <laughs> so. Can you hear me now? I know. I, we, we're missing you a little bit. You can still hear me, though. So, um, anyway, so he cleared his throat and mentioned that he, she should, she could take her chances, um, but since she couldn't rely on security, then, you know, what was she going to do? She thought about going to the BRB, but it's possible that they've been paid off, too. Are you back yet? And... <laughs> I love technical problems. They happen. So... Acacia picked up Claude, and she's holding him tight, and she's like, you know, trying to figure out what she's going to do. And said if they would go after him, that they have a common enemy. And Nicholas told her that it was uh, more of a reason for them to work together. Are you back? Leslie, can you, you still, back? can you hear me? Yes, I can. <laughs> you hear me now? I can hear you now. That is the weirdest thing. I didn't do anything. It happens sometimes. It's the, I, I tell you, it's, it's the full moon's coming up, so anything can happen. Oh, my gosh. Well, that better not happen when we're on with SR. That's all I've got uh, to that's, say. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> so, Happy to be back. Yeah, good. So I just said that she was thinking about going to the BRB. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but I, think about it. Why would she... Why would she do that? It's possible they were paid off because the person wasn't at the, um, wasn't on their protective duty. They weren't in front of her house. They weren't outside of the hotel. So it's very possible she was being the BRB or someone there was paid off. Um, it, it's, it's, it's unsettling. It's funny because I can, and when I was first, first heard about the BRB at the, at, when she reported them originally, I, I thought I remember reading something about um, issues with 
uh, the BRB and lack of integrity a little bit? Oh, yes. Sort of like the Philadelphia cops. <laughs> who got paid off an awful lot back in the 60s and 70s by people, so... <laughs> well, there's always where there's power, there's always the possibility of corruption, right? So that's true. You have that's to be true. mindful. But that's that's I think for her that really makes it even worse, um, because she that that's really a big conflict. And if if the BRB was paid off, now what? You know. So she picked up Claude, holding him tightly, um, contemplating this. And Nicholas told her, um, well, she made the comment about if they would go after her, after Nicholas, then they have a common enemy. And of course, Nicholas, who's trying to convince her to be on his team, <laughs> was saying, you know, that's all the more reason for us to work together. But she needed that, you know, she, she's, she's now deep into the pet therapy and <laughs> buried her face in Claude's fur. Um, and at this point, the adrenaline had lessened and she was just exhausted. And she's mulling over these options as she's petting Claude. She's thinking she could call Luke, but she could not trust the BRB. And this is the big conflict um not being able to rely on the brb left her completely unprotected and you know even though she could call luke luke is going to go around to the brb anyway because he works for right us. right he i and i'm sure a lot of times in law enforcement you don't have a choice i mean you have to report to your superiors if something's happening on a case you're working on so and luke was you know someone who was a role follower and who took his job very seriously and you know she knew that and she didn't want to take that risk um and then at this point as she's mulling all of this over she has a flashback about one of her prior attacks and it was a very ugly memory that she kind of, you know, it's almost like post-traumatic stress. I think her having this attack kind of triggered the memory of this other one. Mm -hmm. um, and it was an attack that had almost been successful. And at that point, she escaped from Rio to Recife. Um, and I think, you know, she was so upset because Paris was supposed to be safe for her. And Paris was all the good things that she wanted it to be to her, and she wanted that to be her home. And now, now Paris is in jeopardy. She wanted to live in Paris. She wanted to be in Paris. Yeah, and you, can you, you know, and I felt bad for her at that point when she's going through this, thinking of it, because, you know, when you, when you want to be someplace so bad that you know you can just about taste it, everything about right. it, right, right, and you have to leave. And it's very hard. It's very hard. And the the feelings that you get from that are are very painful. And they can really put you into downward spiral fast if you're not careful. 
Absolutely. And, you know, so she's seeing like her whole life going away from her right at the moment. And that's, that's really bothered her. Hey, Kaz. It's good to see you, Kaz. Good morning. We're in the midst of the chapter and Acacia just was having a terrible memory, a terrible flashback to when she was almost, um, almost attacked, almost successfully attacked. Um, but she was able to escape and luckily flee, um, from Rio to Recife. And, uh, now she was contemplating the fact that Paris was supposed to be safe for her, but she was not so sure. Um, Joni was saying that so overwhelming for Acacia Nicholas doesn't seem like a safe landing either. I, right. I mean, Joni, I agree with you. It's almost like she is in this no win situation. Uh, you know, she, it's almost like she has to pick the best of, of terrible options. Exactly. Exactly. So that's all right. Cause I understand the need to sleep in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right there with you, Kez. <laughs> we, we're, we're all there with you, but you did miss some of our big news, which we will share at the end of the chapter. So that's a little, that's a little cliffhanger for you. Yes. Um, <laughs> So Acacia wanted to continue living in Paris, but she also wanted to avoid both of her attackers and the police. Mm -hmm. She remained at the hotel and involved Luke. Um, you know, she had to really kind of contemplate um, involving him because Luke would jeopardize her being at the hotel. Mm -hmm. And then there was a small matter of Marcel's journal. Um, and you know, if she was holding, holding the journal without sharing it with the authorities, she could be charged with obstruction of justice yep, and sent back to Brazil, which is where she fled, um, fled one of her attacks. So it's really, like you said, Joni, it's an overwhelming situation. Um, and it doesn't appear that she had any safe landings. And she thinks to herself, the enemy of my enemy is my ally at least for now. And I had asked SR about this um, yeah. quote. I said, this is a version of an ancient proverb. And was there a particular reason that you included this proverb in the story? And SR said, it just seemed to make sense in terms of tactics. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was very smart. It, it was a way for him to advance the story and pair them up, right. which I think was very smart. I also did a did a look at the the quote itself, and, and originally was uh, attributed to an Indian philosopher from the fourth century um, BC or BCE, mm. as they call it now, to be politically correct. Um, but it was also Sir Winston Churchill did use it during um, at the time of World War II, and it was actually a paraphrase of a, the quote: "The enemy of my enemy is my friend," and mm -hmm. it was a uh, the reason why he brought he quoted it that way was because of, it was the fact that Germany had broken a pact with Russia when they went in and invaded Russia uh, at, at the beginning of World War II, and which caused Russia to come into the side of the Allies as opposed to the Axis, and that um, in itself, you know, that that created strange bedfellows. Let's face it, for the Allies because you've got communist Russia and you've got um, England and France and. Uh, the United States and 
going against Germany now. So it just, it would see, it was just odd bedfellows at that point. So that's, that's where uh, Churchill got his quote from. Which I thought was very fascinating. Like I knew the story. I, I, I remember hearing it in the context of Churchill, but I didn't realize it was such, such an ancient quote, but it makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. It really makes sense. It does. And so she was thinking about that. Um, and at that point, she really didn't have any really good options. She was choosing the lesser of two evils, I think. And she acquiesced. And she said, okay, Nicholas, I'm in. And he told her that Rick was going to arrive shortly and that Rick would escort her to Geneva and Nicholas would meet her there. And... It's, it's, can you believe, I mean, can you imagine that? <laughs> and they're still, I mean, it's, it's just a nerve wracking mm -hmm. situation. And it, it seems like the lesser of two evils. Exactly. So. Exactly. And, and Nicholas asked her to call him if there's any trouble. And, uh, Acacia was just said, fine. I, you know, and she was angry at this point because she felt like she was being forced into an agreement and an arrangement that she was not interested in being in. And she also didn't like feeling powerless. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Nicholas then said, and Acacia, remove everything you value from your apartment because if they decide to look for you, they're not going to be gentle. And she, you know, that I think also was pretty That's startling. Yeah, it's pretty startling. Um, to her, uh, which is incredible. So she whispered her acquiescence and ended the call. And here comes Claude to the rescue, meowing at her and hugging him, hugging her, her tightly, or she was hugging him tightly, more, more pet therapy, um, as she asked, what have I done? Mm -hmm. And, uh, Joni is saying she thinks she would have put her trust in Nicholas as well at that point. I agree. I mean, I, I don't. I think Nicholas is almost like her only option at this point. Yeah. Because yeah. for her to go on, it was go with Nicholas or or go it alone. Mm -hmm. And you know, she is she's very skilled at martial arts and at self defense, but. You know, if you have a team of people after you, you're not going to last long if it's one against three or four. That's true. That's true. So she's like, you know, what have I done now? Exactly. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. Her. I can. I can just. I can just because you do. You do get into those positions where it's like, oh my God, you know, now what do I do? Or what have I done now? Or whatever. I mean, it's. But it's the only choice she had at that point. So. Oh my. So poor Nicholas and Acacia. Another question, though, right? Uh, we've lost you again, Leslie. Oh, no. Now you're back. Now you're back. Am I back? Okay, that was crazy. I'm not moving. I'm not moving anything else. Okay. Uh, so I, I can't see the chat room now, though, because my laptop actually... Uh, ran out of power, which is where I had the uh, Mixler account okay. on. So 
if if there are cool comments to be read, I will rely on you, Pam, to read oh, them. That's fine. That's fine. Joni's was the last one about putting her trust in Nicholas. Yeah, I agree. I I I think he's the best choice. Plus, even though he the start of their relationship was not the best in terms of the fact that he completely was deceptive um, and she met him under uh, false pretenses. But the fact that he's demonstrated now that in, you know, in the recent events that he was looking out for her best interests, mm -hmm. um, I think that's the small comfort I would take from it. I would too, and and I, I you know, and I, I don't think she realizes, or even that she's conceded at this point. I think there's a, a real interest with with Nicholas there, with Acacia, and you know he he he's not in a, in a spot to even say anything because God forbid, you you say you know oh I like you or something like that in a situation where they're you know, um so apart from each other and she's still so off the wall about him right um, you know so but I, it's it's interesting and I, and I think it's going to be interesting the way it, it follows through on this so definitely so, so that is the chapter chapter 16 very very exciting yes it, very good. the plot thickens it does thicken very much so and, you know, just the getting into, you know, getting ready to go and having to, you know, if you're only given a few minutes to get anything out, I mean, you know, whether it be um, someone taking you away, like Nicholas is doing for her because of danger she's in, or a forest fire or flood or anything like that where your property could be damaged in some way, what you think about, it, what do you take? Right. You know, what What? What do you pack? Uh, do you go around and grab the old photographs that you've, that you've had in your house? Uh, uh, do, you, do you grab jewelry? Do you grab, you know, just mementos of things that, you know, you've had? Aside from the obvious of, you know, insurance papers and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so it was, uh, it, it puts her in a big, in a big spot. And I think so too. And trying to find, trying to find somebody to take care of her cat, too. True. You know, you got exactly. there involved. So, so I can I can remember moving out of my apartment in New York and driving to my sister's house with a carload, uh, two cat carriers, and a uh, dog. <laughs> oh my word! And just a little tiny bit of room for for the driver. <laughs> so, yeah, I had all kinds of that. stuff in that, in that car. But anyhow, I digress. Yeah, it's and you had time to plan. You had time to plan. You had time to plan that. And here, Acacia is like running out. So it does. It yeah. really. You know, yeah. It's a it's a dire situation. Mm -hmm. Um. I did it with Hurricane Sandy though. Right. I know. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, know. What do you I what do you grab? I I've got everything I could together and had it in my car and I had to work the day that we were supposed to evacuate and we all had to go in because we had to make sure that the hotel was empty. 
It is it it is terrifying. It really is. It's very unsettling. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. Yes, yes, I am too. And I am really looking forward to you know, Kez was saying that she had to evacuate because of a close fire a few months back and after she left the first thing that came to her mind was she hadn't taken any of her signed books by SR. Oh no. <laughs> Oh no, Kat. Uh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you were safe. Yeah, everything was fine after that. Net, your books are there. <laughs> <laughs> so our big exciting news again is drum roll. July 11th. <laughs> on our podcast on July 11th, we will be having SR as our guest. And he will be talking um, exciting news and the man in the black suit if we're up for it. Yes. You know, we're no. so up for it. So yeah, excited. We're so up for it. You know, hey, hey, can I, do you want to come on the podcast and talk about your big news? <laughs> I, know. It's, I know. It's really thrilling that he's going to yeah. be able to join us. Yeah. We're, very, very much excited. looking forward to it. It's always, out. it's always exciting when SR is on. That's um, very true. And, and we do have to remind you, especially because um, Kez joined late, uh, that next week is the 4th of July holiday in the United States. So our Wednesday podcast is canceled. Okay. So we'll be watching just, fireworks. Yeah, watch fireworks. You'll be in God's country watching fireworks. Yes, I will be in God's country. I will be in Yellowstone National Park. Don't get too close to the geyser. <laughs> oh, don't you worry. I will not. And I'm actually Good. staying on the edge of, uh, and technically I'm staying in St. Anthony, Idaho mm -hmm. um, that night. So don't know what kind of fireworks will be happening in St. Anthony, Idaho, but I guess I'll find out. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the smaller the town, the, they they usually get have some decent fireworks. Usually, I think so too. I I just think it's going to be really cool. I'm very excited to see um, parts of the country I've never seen before. That's true. That's true. Yellowstone is on my bucket list. Well, I will give you a. I will. I will give you a. Uh, I will give you a hand account and tell you. Like of course, I'm only seeing a, a sliver of Yellowstone because it's a massive oh, I undertaking. I mean, it goes from Wyoming through, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's across the several states. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. so any, anyway, so we want to wish, again, we want to wish our Canadian uh, friends a very happy Canada Day for July 1st. And yeah. we'll be singing, I've got, I've got the anthem all cranked up on my iPod when I went for 
from Canada Day when I go to the border and ask for <laughs> asylum. Um, <laughs> and um, then, of course, 4th of July. So, But we'll be back July 11th, and we will speak then, and we will have our very special guest with us. So I'm very excited. Me too. It'll be great. And in fact, that's my affirmation for the week. I'm thankful that SR is going to be joining us July 11th and that his big news will be announced the day prior. So yes, thankful. Yes. And don't forget, he's got a chat going on in SR's Fox Den on Wednesday, that Wednesday, or July 10th. Right, July 10th uh, at it's 7 p.m. At one hour chat, 7 p.m. SR's Fox Den. Make sure you guys can join because I think that's where the big unveilings happening. Whatever news he's been uh, eager to share, at least a part of his news anyway. So, yes. so and, and I realized, I, I realized that I might, I'm, I'm <laughs> I might not be able to be on that podcast live. I'll have to see, cause it'll be the middle of the afternoon and I'm going to be on a glacier boat tour that afternoon. So Praying for Wi-Fi on the boat, but I... <laughs> and when you get to Alaska, when you get to Alaska in Anchorage, go to the university. As for Dave Kushwa, he teaches. He's a law professor there. He's an old classmate from high school, and he lived on the next block for me growing up, so... No way. Yes, yes. So oh, my gosh, Pam. That's cool. <laughs> I'll up. have to do that. I'll, I'll so. tell him you said hello. <laughs> and he'll say, who? <laughs> I'll need to so. get your maiden name so he yes. remembers... That's cool. So, anyway, uh, we are going to leave you for tonight. Thank you all for joining us so much. And we look forward to talking again on July 11th. And we'll see you out on Twitter. Take care, time. everybody. And enjoy Push Push by Herbie Mann with the featuring Dwayne Allman of the Allman Brothers. Interesting combination. Very Good night, cool. Everybody. Good night, everybody. Happy 4th of July.